How do I feel about wrestling John Moxley? Do you mind if I borrow this real quick? You mean, you mean, you guys mean this guy? MJF at full gear. I'm gonna mash your bones, man. I'm gonna drink your blood. I'm gonna gargle your piss. Cause I'm John freaking Moxley. That guy, is that who we're talking about? Okay, listen, Renee and Virginia, I love you, baby, first of all. Let's just talk about that real quick. With all due respect, for all your shortcomings too, with all due respect, and I do mean with all due respect, when I think of Jonathan, only one word comes to mind, and that word, it's got three letters, and it starts with an M, and that word is mama ma man Max, you can't just say with all due respect and then say something insulting like that. Renee, with all due respect, shut your mouth. Listen! Look, Jay's been going through a lot. He's gone through a lot. He's just not himself right now. That's it, okay? He's just not... Lately, he just hasn't been very oozy. <laughs> Is that what's going on here? That, that's the problem, Jay. It's because you're not feeling... It's because you're not feeling oozy? Oozy? Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> <laughs> Probably look like Jim Duggan shaking the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Our impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. Welcome back. It's the Top of Wrestling Podcast. I am the Professor Mark Fantasia, and hey, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. We're here and ready to go with another jam-packed episode. This week, we got some recent news. We're talking AEW, WWE, NXT, all of it. Bring it to the table. We got a Wrestler of the Week. We're even reliving the Monday Night Wars, as it is the go-home show, not only for... Uh, 
Survivor Series 1997, but pretty much Bret Hart's WWF career. And we also got a movie of the week. We got so much more. So thank you so much for listening on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe, like, and share. Normally, I like to speed my way through that, but I'm trying to talk over the loud-ass fucking train here in the background. Jesus Christ. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I apologize to this guy. We are recording a day later than normal. Uh, which is okay, which is kind of closer to news. We're more up-to-date than ever. Uh, but I apologize for pushing it off a day. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who is still leading first place, I mean, he's running away with it in the Fantasy League, Odium. Breaking news at the NFL trade deadline. The Buffalo Bills have traded Zach Moss and a conditional round pick to the Indianapolis Colts for Naheem Hines. And apparently Aaron Rodgers just realized not to take ayahuasca before a game. Go Bills, hit the music. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. What the hell is ayahuasca? Ah, uh, it's probably, it's like shrooms, kind of. It's supposed to be like, uh, it's a hallucinogen that's supposed to be like, uh, you go on like on a spirit quest with it. Spirit world, asshole. Wow. Wow, that's, that's yeah. deep. Yeah. So he that's why he had a bad game. That's why we're saying it? Okay. All right. Yeah, whatever. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, good game. I had a good time watching. Um. I'll be honest with you, man. Why we had to push off a day? Halloween is the day that we generally would have had to record. And no, I don't have kids. And I wasn't going trick-or-treating. But our friends were like, hey, do you want to dress up at the house and scare people as they show up? Fuck yes, I do. (laughs) I was in all black, head to toe, even painted my eyes, not the whole face, uh, and, and put a ski mask on. And just kept jumping out. But the, the ski mask had a these dangling things. So it was like a ski squid mask. It, it, right? So I just kept going up and be like, I'm a squid. And that, you know, scaring people. Horrible, but fun. Had a great time. <laughs> How was your Halloween? There you go. Oh, it was all over the place, man. Uh, I helped a buddy of mine load some stuff up. He's moving. I had my kid's truck. Uh, and he gave me a 70-inch TV he didn't want anymore. So I went and bought a mount for it and put it up. Ooh, we're at your place for Survivor Series yeah. full gear. Okay, baby. Hey, let's get into some news. Run with it. All right. So uh, we're still hearing a lot Wait, of news. Wait, hey, I have a question, man. Yes. You seem a little off. I seem a little off. Are you not feeling, yeah, are you not feeling, you know, oozy? <laughs> Come on, man. I waited at least three minutes. You did. Before. You did. You, 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 and you caught me off guard. Yeah, I am feeling a little shitty, but no, that's fine. I, uh, I'm not feeling quite oozy. God, Roman breaking on that was so great. <laughs> Watching, like he kept laughing. He's like, he's like, fuck it. I'm just gonna laugh. I'm just gonna go with it. <laughs> it was great. Jay 
and Jay broke a little bit too. He had to turn his body to the back side of the, or to the other side of the crowd that didn't have cameras. <laughs> Did you see the one where Sammy got him? He's like, I'm taking them all to Waffle House. They yeah, love that. Was my favorite. And that Jay... was my favorite. Oh my god. That was my favorite. That's fucking great. That's fucking great. I love that shit. Dude, did you know that they the whole reason Kevin Owens isn't on TV right now is because Sami Zayn and Bloodline has done so well, they had to scrap plans of reuniting them. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's what it's been reported, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, uh, dude, I know that you're not a fan of it, but you can't tell me with week after week after week, the unbelievable pop, if Sami was the one to dethrone Roman Reigns after all of this, it would be so awesome. Yeah, it's too much. Whatever. It's too much. I'm happy with it if that happens, but yeah, move on. You would be. It's probably going to be Logan Paul this Saturday. Oh, Whatever. fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, fuck him and his brother. Fucking, I like how now they're not even trying to hide the fact that they're throwing fights to give him a win record. What? You thought Silva threw the fight? He took some punches directly into the mouth, man. Oh, no. But, dude, first of all, you're not fighting a boxer. Second of all, you're fighting somebody that's well past their prime and their second prime. And the judges were going to score it for him anyway. It's bullshit. Man, you're a hater. It's bullshit. I am you're a hater. hater. Fuck that dude. <laughs> Fucking maggot. Anyway, we'll start off with some CM Punk news. There's the- Would you watch Body Slam again? <laughs> <laughs> maggot. <laughs> we'll get into the news. CM Punk's dog, Larry, apparently needed to have a tooth removed due to uh, the door opening before the fight and the uh, after the post-scrum meltdown. Uh, I've seen several stories refuting that that's not true, but uh, I see that you have some notes in here saying that Uncle Dave and friends of the, the elite are the ones denying that those allegations, which is no shit. Um, no shit. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I've been seeing, there's been more, uh, I saw some headlines today. You know, maybe, maybe there's some word of truth to it, but I mean, I already fucking called it saying that CM Punk likely won't return to wrestling at all. So, I mean, again. Okay, can I ask you a question? Sure. Who is saying it? Yeah, I don't know. Again, I didn't read the articles. I just saw the headlines, but it backs up what I said. No, no, no. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying you don't have a credible source. What I'm trying to say is it's not coming out of Punk's mouth. Sure. Of course not. He hasn't said shit nope. throughout this whole thing. Nope. Right? Now, I'm not saying any of this backstage thing was a work. No, no, no. But I'm saying if it <laughs> is possibly turned into a work and he will make his way back, Dave Meltzer, of all people, oh, that's not what happened. Who are you? Why? Why? You? Jeez. <laughs> Him of all people. He's like, that definitely didn't happen. And, of course, he's going to side with his, his nephews. Now, my thing is... He's also saying that, well, it's obvious that Tony Khan is siding with the elite on this whole thing. Where's the obviousness? Only thing is Ace Steel was fired. That is the only thing out of all of this. Right. Likely for biting Kenny Omega and throwing a goddamn chair at Nick Jackson. Yeah. All of which, good job. I still cannot get it out of my head every time I think about Larry being picked up by Kenny Omega and carried out. All I can think about is that <laughs> video that you sent me of a fire happening, chaos, and then just a guy running by with a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Omega be like, That's pretty um, funny. 
I don't know. I, everybody's saying it. And what culture wrestling did a video I, I noticed this morning. It's like CM Punk is done with wrestling. Look at last week. Everyone was like, oh, no, no, he's going to WWE. The week before it was, oh, this is a work. The week before is it just a suspension. I'm not buying any of this. And do you know why I'm not buying it? Is I'm going to jump ahead for a second. But did you see on Dynamite, or at least the video package that came out of the Elite returning soon? Yes, I did see that they, yeah. Did you see how they were burning their history, their images that were there? Okay. Even the logo of AEW, they took the E out burning it out in that promo. What I'm saying is they're coming back as, well, you guys tried to erase us from history. We're the bad guys in this situation, blah, 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 whatever. I don't think CM Punk is too far behind in some capacity. Yeah, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Dynamite <laughs> comeback, Monty. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, he's done. I he's mean, old, not even tired, a little. He works with children. No, he's done. He. It was. It was. Okay. A, it was. If it was that big of a deal for him to come back, and he comes back, he's being labeled as toxic by some, and he had to go through all that shit. Listen, if they did apparently the lines, a cancer. If, if they did right, if they did Jericho the lines, called him a cancer. Yeah. Right. If they if they blurred the lines, and this ends up being a work. To even some extent, and they can pull it off, then fucking fantastic. I'll be happy to be wrong. I don't see it, man. Just from what I have seen of Punk, you know, in media over the years, he's done. He's done. Remains to be seen. It does. I, I'm, until I hear it from his mouth, sure. I don't believe anything yet. Yep. Because everybody was like, oh, no, no, MJF was really pissed off about his money with Tony Khan. That's why he said fuck on the air, and that's why he's trying to go to WWE. Boom. Comes back, ready to all out, as we planned. As I, we both, I'm surprised we didn't put that in our prediction column, by the way, of things that we've said. We're like, yeah, he's going to be back by, the, by September. And he was. I am not counting things out because I think that they are still trying to blur the lines of kayfabe, just like you and I said many, many times now. Yeah. Hey, just again. an opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, if you're going to do it, these are the guys saying, well, at least Punk's the guy to do it with it, and he's the guy that can pull it off. So we'll see. I, I, I just feel like it's going to be a letdown when we get the news one day that he's just like, yep, I'm out. Bye. Yeah. Well, I I will say, uh, speaking of what you had said about the I'm old and tired, I did kind of rewatch some of that scrum recently, uh, or the, the media scrum, you know, just the him – <laughs> just being all upset and then just going back and getting pissed every five seconds about Cole Cabana. But look at last week, people took that uh, Halloween costumes thing way too far on social media. Like everybody had, you know what I'm I talking about? Those. The one where everybody made They're a spirit so, none of Halloween. Them are funny. Horrible. None of them are funny. No, I was going to make one just to send to you on the side about that boy. And I was like, yeah, it's going to take me too much time. Did to do you see that right uh, now. Tiger Queen did one of himself? Yes, I did. It was. It, it looked like a four-year-old made it. Um, but the one that made me laugh was a picture of CM Punk on the side. It said, old, tired, works with children. And on the bottom it said, this costume has absolutely nothing to do with Scott Colton. <laughs> <laughs> That one I liked. I thought that was a good one. 
Okay, let's talk some good news. Any positive news we have? All right, well, I saw something. Besides and, dogs getting their teeth knocked out in I a know, fight. Right? Uh, you know, as much as we will shit on old wrestlers not knowing when to call it quits, there's certainly been enough of that in wrestling. I got to say, I saw something that made my my eyes perk up a little bit. Uh, it looks like that Forbidden Door and the statement that WWE is open for business is has some starting to take some shape here. Uh, it was announced that Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be taking on the Great Muda New Year's Day uh, at, in Noah. So, dude, yeah, that's a fucking. If you can't tell me Muda, when Triple H said it, you. Yeah, and I don't go know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I know. I don't know. You're good. I, I Muda. I don't know how much he's been wrestling lately. I know he's on his like farewell tour, so I don't know how much he's still got it. But if he's got a little bit left in the tank, him against Nakamura, that could be a hell of a fucking match. Anything that they do at all will be a great match. Because it's not like Muda... Like, he's doing a, a tour in a way, right? Sting mm-hmm. is supposed to be involved in this somehow. Which And is, from yeah. what I, I also read earlier is that uh, before WWE set this up and before Noah got this all set up, everybody checked in with all other parties because I guess they are trying to have a working relationship with AEW as well. You know, is this stepping on anybody's toes? And everybody came together and said, nope, this is, we're all good with this. Yeah, so Muda was just an AEW. I think this is a... Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the point, but yeah. it's also Sting is going to go over there. But no, we're talking about... Is this stepping on any toes if we now put a WWE guy in there right. with cross promotions with our forbidden doors or whatever? So I think that's kind of uh, – I think that's just a great sign. And you said it, that you know Triple H said he's open for business, and you took that as a real big thing. And, and I was like, eh, whatever, and you called it. Well, I'm about to make another call here. History often repeats itself, right? Look what Vince did with the territory system, right? Crazy. We've got your WWE main rosters. You've got NXT, which they've released five wrestlers. I didn't write down the names. Sorry about that. But uh, NXT is start is probably going to start reshaping itself back to what it was to some extent. It seems now that Vince gone, that door is wide open. You know how easy it's going to be to do between AEW and WWF. WWE, my apologies. But here's the thing. <laughs> AEW is spiraling. That's the beauty of reliving the Monday know, Night Wars. Right? 100%. <laughs> uh, AEW has not been doing well lately. They have some stars. Uh, Cornette did, uh, did a thing where they looked at the roster, and he's like, all right, I'd keep this guy. This guy would be supporting cast. This guy could be an agent. I'd let go of this guy. Really interesting, and I kind of wanted to do the same thing more in a booking sense. Maybe you'll see that later this season. Okay, but, I like it. If they go down the tubes, what if tri- – because AEW owns Ring of Honor. So WWE could own could have Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and Ring of Honor. Well, that's really controlling all the territories. Exactly. Crazy shit to think about. Could be possible. Not against it. I, I think it could be possible. Um, I don't think – AEW is going to go down anytime soon, personally. Eh, what's the over-under? <laughs> okay, here we are. We're at year three, okay? All right. With where they're at. First two years were pretty decent. They had a shit year. Everything just went weird. But 
doesn't mean you can't fix it. Sure. You got to do some really big things. I do agree. Maybe let go a good chunk of your roster so you can afford to bring someone that is of star quality and give you them need the time. stars. You right now you do not it, exactly. Yep. It, it, it's the reason Cody left is he saw the writing on the wall with how storylines were going, how booking was going. It, it, everything's wishy washy. Look what happened. We had all out powerhouse Hobbs defeats Ricky Starks. I haven't seen either of them on TV since. Yep. All of a sudden Brian Cage is in every week now. Yeah. I don't, yep. I don't get it. Here's the thing. You're right. They could fix it. Is Tony Khan capable of fixing it? <laughs> you could fix it. You won't, but you could. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Uh, what else we got? PWI Top 100 Women of 22 list has been released. Uh, I'll go backwards from 10. Uh, we'll do the top 10. 10 is Tara Valkyrie, or Taya Valkyrie, sorry. Nine, Starlight Kid. Not familiar, are you? Stardom. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Eight, Charlotte Flair, which is hilarious because this is based on evaluations from October 2021 to September 2022. Charlotte has barely wrestled during that time, and she's still number eight. <laughs> well, I mean, she did have, you know, leading into WrestleMania and all those things. I mean, that's kind of what they're taking into... Right account for but yes i i do agree with you it's funny with who and where they are in this list right uh all right so number seven saya kamatani i don't know who that is another stardom yep she was actually last year's number two in the 2021 uh, okay rankings all mm -hmm. right uh number six jordan grace <laughs> number five jade cargill one two touch sign <laughs> Number four, Becky Lynch. Number three, Thunder Rosa. Number two, Bianca Belair. And number one, Sayuri, I guess. I don't know. Yep. And who has had a, I think it was beyond five stars from Dave Meltzer, a match earlier what a surprise. this year, I believe it was. Right. No, but it was actually worthy. But yeah, you know him in, in his, you know, Japanese fetish. He only has one search engine when it comes to Pornhub. Uh <laughs> it's called the elite um becky lynch being number four makes me laugh i'm like we want to talk about someone who really hasn't been there well i mean i guess she kind of was with all of wrestlemania we saw her come out yeah. as david bowie and looking like she was dying yeah david bowie thing was weird that. i don't know that was really i feel weird. like listen, i don't know anything about sayuri so i'm not gonna i can't comment right i can't say she's too high she should sure. be number one i don't know uh i think rosa should be lower than she is she hasn't done anything. Listen, you can say she's had good matches, but has she done anything during her time on TV like Bianca Belair or Becky Lynch or fuck even Jordan Grace? Ready for this one? Britt Baker, 13. She should be ahead of Thunder Rosa. So I'm not really thinking this is a great list. I got to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. I threw it in there because I was like, well, it is what the PWI put. I mean, and that's that's a pretty big, you know, fuck, that's yeah. the awards Right. You could even put fucking uh, Jamie Hayter up in the top 10 probably at this point. You know, I didn't realize when she cut a promo this past week on Dynamite, she had mentioned that um, her time in Japan. I didn't realize that she was over in Japan she, uh, wrestling yeah, for a while, which she, I think is fantastic. Um, who the fuck did she partner with? She was tag champs with somebody else. 
Fuck, I got to look that up. I'm going to look that up in a second. But uh, yeah, do you remember the first time we saw her in AEW? I think it was one of the first few episodes. And I, I didn't know anything about her. And I remember saying, like, Jamie hated her. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking hate her. <laughs> uh, I've changed my Yeah, right. We I've... didn't care. Now the entire uh, arena is chanting her name. They have to at least put the TBS or the TNT title on her. Yeah, I, I she's wrestling well too. Or no, I'm uh, sorry, not TNT, TBS or yeah, women's. whatever. That's what I meant. Sorry. Here's your here's your knife, sword. <laughs> yeah, sword. Whatever. whatever. I got. It. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> um, I did read a funny thing that Ronda Rousey said that she is trying to push for them to stop saying women's champion. She's just the world champion. Because in UFC, you don't say women's champion. You just say she's the UFC middleweight or champion or whatever it is. Why do you have to put the word woman? You won't say men's champion, so why do you say women? Okay. She's got a fucking valid point, not going to lie. I'm like, as she says it, I was like, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, not going to happen, but I get it. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's WWE point. and wrestling. They right. have to clarify. You don't call it the men's, but you call it the women's. I get it. But I'm, I'm sure Cornette would weigh in on that when I can hear his voice going off in my head right now. I'm not going to say it. Motherfucker. Uh, Jamie Hayter was a tag champ with uh, B. Priestley. Remember B. Priestley? Oh, yes. Yeah. Where the fuck That's right. Exactly. All right. All um, right. More news? The last two pieces of notes I'll put in here, okay. uh, that I put in here, uh, Kazuchika Okada confirms that in 2020, there was another Madison Square Garden show. Remember the last one happened in April of 2019? Right. When it was Ring of Honor and New Japan coming together for the G1 Supercard. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a planned 2020 show, but was scrapped due to the pandemic. Of course it was, because I spent a giant chunk of 2020 planned to be home in New York, and of course, yeah, I would have missed that happening. That would have, yeah. But this last one, I got to be honest with you, it's just something I put in here, and it it bothered me. I didn't know if I want to put it into the, bring it to the table, or do it now, but I got to be honest with you, it pissed me off and a little bit more that I, but I, since it's in the news, I'll bring it to the news. TMZ reported that Carmella had a miscarriage. So, first to Carmella and Corey Graves, you know, sorry for your guys' loss. Yeah. Is that not the most fucked up thing, though? You guys are dealing with the loss of that, and now the entire world, people who don't even fucking know you, are... Probably hitting you up on Twitter. Yeah, you know, I'm bringing a lot of, you know, soft... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm bringing a lot of soft-sided things to this today, you know what I'm talking about? But I'm saying, like, this is... that's it. That pissed me off for some reason. I was like... Why do I need to know this? That's not my fucking business. Who gives a shit? I'm like, that's just so weird that it was even reported on a wrestling website. They're like, hey, man, would you like to know that she had a miscarriage? Who gives a shit? Yeah. WWE. Don't know why it bothered me. Hey, even 25 years ago, WWE had no problem blurring that line. Yeah, we'll get into that soon. Man, I, <laughs> God damn, this past week was really uncomfortable. Really, really uncomfortable. Made me feel not very oozy. <laughs> um, I do eight. Ava Rain, The Rock's daughter. Yeah, what is that her name? Ava Rain. What yeah. do they call her now? Yeah, yeah. I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, The Rock's daughter debuts in the Tool stolen song name Schism. Is that right? Tool. Yeah, you got it. Nailed it. 
Nailed it. That was a nod for you, man. You you gave yeah. me you gave me the info, I so I thought I would you. give you. Yeah. Um, look at why are you making a a stable name with something that you know ninety five percent of the people are going to make fun of by name alone. It's just it was a weird name for a stable. I mean, like you threw everything out there and they're like, how about schism? I don't know why it always has to be Vince McMahon was the one ma- naming this. We have to get out of that. Now it probably yeah, was more of a Shawn Michaels schism. asking that. Yeah, Shawn probably asking them, and one of them was a Tool fan. How about Schism? You know, who the fuck well, knows? So the Rock's daughter is in Jism, and yeah, whatever. Got a, it, it, have you seen some of the funny memes? It's like what you have to do to get your dad's attention when he's been in too many movies <laughs> with Kevin Hart or something like. Yes, that was <laughs> a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, just her face. It's hard, man. It's going to be hard for her because we all know, right? It's not like they did it with The Rock where they introduced him as Rocky Maivia's kid, right? This was, they're not showing you any of that on TV, but everybody knows because they've been talking about it for a year before she even got in the ring. So to me, yep. it's just, I, it's just, it looks awkward and I'm just, yeah, we'll see what happens. Look, it, uh, this is so weird that I got to bring this up. Jesus, I don't know why, but it's bothering me. Every time I've seen a picture of her and I just... Was she sweating under that mask? Or does she just have the world's greasiest face? I mean, it just... Every time I see it, I'm like, ah, oh, God. I don't know. It just... Whatever. Anyway, I'll move on. I digress. Uh, speaking of NXT, did you see the video package of who is on his way back? Yep. He's not T-Boz. He's not T-Nuts. Slap Nuts. Or Slap Nuts or whatever. Looks like Dominic Dijakovic is on his way back to NXT. Okay. Thank you. I'm good with it. Because kind of like you said, you know, they got rid of guys, but it looks like they're trying to bring it back to the earlier days. Well, him and Keith Lee were putting on stellar matches. Dude. And they had like five, six of them against each other. Every one of them fantastic. And we were like, this guy's gold. He's going to be great. They put him in Survivor Series. They had all that stuff. Month later, Retribution. Is that Dominic under that mask? I'll be goddamn. <laughs> well, thank you for at least maybe giving him his name back. For real. Um, Let me ask you. Who would you say is this generation's Eddie Guerrero? Rhea Ripley? Dude, Dominic Mysterio on Raw says that he is this generation's Eddie Guerrero. Whoever wrote that line was seeking heat. Yeah. That was that, that was it was a heat seeker. It was great. And people blew up on the internet. They're like, this guy fucking sucks. I'm like, that was Mark. good. I like that. <laughs> what? Oh. Um, <laughs> I have two other pieces of notes in here from Raw and SmackDown because, well, we're recording a day late. Might as well tell you this. Hey, Rollins has his partial blonde hair back, which, okay, cool. But Asuka returns. So does Alexa Bliss. And they end up winning the tag titles from Damage Control. So EO Sky and uh, whoever, uh, Dakota. Kai and Sky. Kai. Kai and Sky. Kai and Ty. Um, Kubat. 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 No. Uh, cube, nope, nope. <laughs> no, um, so they had the titles for like two weeks, man, two, three weeks or whatever the, the tag titles. And now 
Asuka and Alexa come back and win it. However, I found it kind of weird. Maybe it's just me. First, Alexa Bliss, easily, easily the female big show. I've never seen anybody turn more than her. (laughs) Holy shit. But I saw a post-match interview. It was a digital exclusive. It was the only reason I even knew that they won the titles. Um, And Asuka, you know, I'm tag team champion. Yeah. You know, she's being Asuka. I fucking love it. And Alexa's like, this is really great. But she had a weird look on her face. I'm like, "Uh, what? She's going to like turn soon or she's going to go back to the Bray Wyatt thing. I'm like, oh, my God. Pick one. Choose a lane. Choose a lane. Stay in it, please. She hasn't been able to for quite some time. She hit her peak early and, and meh lately, you know? She was fantastic when she was, what was it, the goddess or whatever she called herself, Um that WrestleMania like thirty three to thirty four reign where she like where she ended up losing the title Nia Jax right but mm. she was fantastic in the ring every week on the microphone she was she was I, I yeah you're right she peaked um so you know you heard in the intro my favorite part honestly of Dynamite I don't know did you get a chance to watch Dynamite or no I did not darts. you forget darts buddy we're back at it that, that's right. MJF is welcomed to the stage by Rene Paquette. And he does just a fantastic John Moxley impression. <laughs> Gargle your piss. I lost it. Um, my favorite is, you know, he did say to Rene, you know, you are every guy who live at, lives at home's wet dream, basically, or something like that. But his one line is he goes, I love you, Virginia. And they're like, woo yeah, and he goes, even for all your faults, <laughs> <laughs> like he's just so goddamn good. He's the best man. Uh, it, but you know, while you have him being your, I don't know if the, oh, man. I kind of feel like, all right. I have a theory on this. I have an issue with what they did to close Dynamite. Let's skip to that. The firm turns on MJF. Turn, turn, turn. So now he's face? Because he said, don't touch Moxley tonight. Let Moxley and Penta have their match. Let it be. Right. To Stokely. And then they still come out. But then they're putting MJF through a table. My theory to this is that I think that they're doing what they did with The Rock. They tested the waters for a little bit. Remember, they let him go face for a minute. And then he wins the WWE title in straight heel fashion against Mick Foley with the Montreal Screwjob Part 2, right? Or, well, you know, Survivor Series. Mm. They let Rock be face for a little bit because he was so over as a heel, is what I'm saying, right? So, SummerSlam 98, he went in against Triple H lost the Intercontinental title in that uh, ladder match. After that, he was just so fucking over that, yeah, let him be faced for a couple months. I kind of feel like that's what they're trying to do with MJF because let people get the cheering out of their system because they're cheering so much for him right now. True. And then, maybe not at full gear, 
But down the road, maybe by, I don't know, Winter's Coming Revolution, he goes right back to being a heel, but he has to do something that actually makes us mad that he does mm. to make you want to boo him. Sure. That makes That's sense. just my theory. However, this is Tony Khan, and his booking as of late has been dog shit, mm. so I can't really say that's exactly what's going to happen. Speaking of their dog shit booking... I don't know how many times you need to just tell them to just put the titles on FTR. They're carrying around every tag strap from the entire world. You got New Japan, AAA, Ring of Honor, yet you're still putting, you're letting the tag team titles sit with, uh, oh my God, who's the tag champs right now? Acclaimed. And I'm fine with the Acclaimed. If you were going to, like we said, have them be the transitional tag champs that we thought they would be. And in the number one contenders match, Tony Khan said, I got an idea. Let's have the gun club interfere. FTR, you guys could just start a feud with them because that seems fucking logical. And Swirly, you guys win and can go on to fight the acclaimed. Yeah. Wasn't happy. I, got, I was not happy yeah, with that. I got nothing. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's just, It just continues to baffle the mind. I don't get it. Thank God. With enough good WWE, Raw, and SmackDown, there's at least enough that fills a good, decent two-hour void. They're still doing stupid shit. I mean, I did (laughs) see that Otis was wearing a fucking pumpkin on his head the other day. So, Um, look at this Saturday. We got two events going on. One is technically Friday morning, or Friday really, really late at night or early morning, however you want to look at it, for New Japan. It's Battle Autumn. This is the one that Carl Anderson was supposed to show up to to defend his never open weight title against Hikaleo. And apparently, they just call the match off. He's going to be fighting someone else. And it's set to be at a later date and time. They're not stripping him of the title. Hopefully, Triple H works something out. You know what I mean? To have him, because, I mean, the reason Carl Anderson won't be there is he's going to be at the other event, which is in Saudi Arabia. I don't know the exact mileage between Japan and Saudi Arabia, but I don't think he's going to make both events in time. No. But for Battle Autumn, U.S. title is on the line as Will Ospreay defends against Tetsuya Naito. FTR threw down an open challenge for the tag titles, and it was accepted by Jeff Cobb and Great Khan, which is from the United Empire. The TV title semifinals are going to be taking place. You got Ren Narita taking on Sonata, and Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be taking on Evil. For me, storyline, two big guys. I would love just to see the former tag champs go against each other for the TV title. I don't think Ren Narita needs it. I don't think Zack Sabre Jr. should be the the TV champion, but at the same point, it makes sense because that's what you do, a guy that can wrestle all the time. But I'd like to just see Evil versus Sonata. That's just me. But whoever wins, the finals will take place at Wrestle Kingdom January 4th. Speaking of, it'll be Jay White taking on Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. But this uh, Saturday, Okada is tag teaming with Tama Tonga. Again, he's being pushed. If you're tagging with Okada, something's good. Yeah, right. And they're going to be taking on... Jay White and Kenta. Now, the final match I have to talk about, dude, impresses the shit out of me. Four guys, and it's a tag match. 
but no one is partnered up yet. And how it will be decided is in the ring. Who are you going to end up siding with in the ring? All four guys have kind of a history with each other in the junior heavyweight division. And so it's going to be Tajiri Ishimori, who's from Bullet Club, Master Wato, El Desperado, and Hiromu Tanahashi. So a fight could get going and you end up realizing that this one guy, you could trust him more than the other two. And that's how you're going to team. And that's how the match is going to be hmm. made up. And eventually while all four guys are in the ring, you'll end up making a tag team. I just think it's kind of a cool concept. It's new. I've never seen it. It's interesting. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see how that one goes. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. The concepts there. It's intriguing. How's it going right. to look? But I got to say, New Japan's been doing a lot of new shit lately. Remember the uh, 30, call, uh, 30 count match? The first one yeah, to 30 taps uh, to the mat? Right. But it was cool. It was a 10-minute match, and it was awesome. <laughs> um, but rivaling that pay-per-view at noon on Saturday. Should be nice. You can have a little bit of college games going on while... Crown Jewel is going on, and it's going to be Roman Reigns taking on Logan Paul for the WWE World Heavyweight Universal Global Heavyweight Championship of all titles of the world. They got to fucking shorten that name down. Just Mm. WWE title, man. That's what your company is. Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, they had a huge brawl on Raw where Triple H had to get involved, which I thought was kind of cool, and all of the roster. The OC taking on the Judgment Day in a last woman standing match. Bianca Belair and Bailey for the women's title. Bianca's still the champion. Carrying Cross against Drew McIntyre in a steel cage match. Which is funny, after the strap match, I said, where do we go from here? Well, contain him in there. Scarlet can't get involved. Uh. Can't you? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I like the concept. You're moving the feud along. I, I'm, right. I'm on board with it. Braun Strowman and almost will be your bathroom break. And then, uh, which I think would probably steal the show, likely. And I don't know if they'll pull the trigger yet or if they're going to let the Usos remain your champs and let them become your newest uh, record holder. But the Usos will be defending against Butch and Rich Holland, Brawling Brutes. His mama name Pete Dunn. I'm going to fucking call him Pete Dunn. <laughs> For real. Gotta get back to that. Any predictions you got for uh, Ground Jewel? Uh, let's see here. Reigns is gonna retain. Uh, you know, he'll put over Paul and make him look good. Uh, Lesnar's gonna beat Lashley. I have a funny feeling. Uh, although based on the crowd and the event they're putting on, I could see Lashley winning. But it'll be interesting to see where they go from there. That one could be a toss up. Uh, I think Judgment Day is gonna obliterate the OC. Unfortunately, uh, hopefully we get some good Finn and AJ moments. Uh, always great to see Rhea Ripley. So, uh, I'm going to say Belair is going to win. Uh, Cross is going to win. Uh, Braun Strowman's going to win. And I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say the Brutes are going to take the title. That'll be your title change on the show. Make them happy. Ooh. I think it's going to be Bailey winning the title. Think so? 
Wait, are they allowed to be dressed as normal, or do they got to wear like no, head to toe garbs and only show their eyes? They got to wear the long sleeves, and you know, yeah, they have to be covered up. Yeah, just make it a fucking uh, what do you call it? A cinematic match, and do it backstage so they can wear what the fuck they want. They don't have to do it in the arena. Jesus. <laughs> All right, man, let's bring something to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my God! Well. You know, not only are we meeting a day later than normal, your work schedule screwed you up today, and you've added jack shit to the dock. So, hey, man, what are you bringing to the table today? I did add it to the dock. It was just a wee bit late, that's all. Uh, yeah, hey, man, uh, we'll get real here for a second. I just want to give a shout-out to Nightwing. Uh, it's been a while since he's dropped a promo, and completely understandable. Uh, you know, life happens sometimes, and you got to take care of yourself, and... Nightwing's taking care of himself, and I'm glad to hear it. So, you know, just wanted to give a shout-out. Cheers to your brother. I hope everything's going well. Anytime you're ready to come back and drop a little knowledge on us, uh, you know, feel free. The door's wide open. So, uh, and don't message me uh, between the hours of 6 a.m. and 9 (laughs) p.m. I'm just kidding. Oh, and let's say, hey, and for Nightwing, (laughs) hit the music. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwing. Wing. Eh? It's Night Wing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. God, it's hard to hear that. I mean, I get it, it's the Falcons, but it's also fucking Goldberg, man. <laughs> hey, Nightwing, we miss you. More than just because you're black on this show. All right, uh, look at what I want to bring to the table this week is speaking of us, speaking of Nightwing, for real with him. I dabble. I dabbled around, and it's, it's promo time. I've checked out other podcasts. You know, not just you got your Cornette or your Bruce Pritchard and all the those guys. I've dabbled around listening to other podcasts at random. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? How's our quality? How and and I don't just mean of the sound, but also the quality of what we're doing, the banter, the fun, this and that. God Damn, we are the shit, and that's why we are the top of fucking wrestling podcast. Now let's talk about a professor's wrestler of the week. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. Well, pussies like you, we're back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listen to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? When I was at a crossroads in my life recently, I looked in the mirror once I stopped with WWE and I said, do you still want to do this anymore? You were doing it 13 years. You had a good seven-year run in WWE. Maybe you should give it up. You just turned 29. you got years left. You can get a regular job. Live the regular life for the first time in your life. I really thought this. One morning I woke up and I looked in the mirror. And I reared my hand back as far as I could. 
Give me that look, but just know, next segment is where it all gets fucking undone anyway, so oh, it yeah, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, we're, we're Might as well start a couple minutes early. Yeah, I'm strapping myself in. Um, last week, that's what he said. Last week, I talked about Randy Orton, you know, talking about a guy that is a consistent in the wrestling business. And there's a man who stayed consistent in the wrestling business for the last, man, 15 years across you know, starting in, well, what would be Scotland, and we are talking about. God, he's Scottish. You're already hearing the. God, I'm Scottish. I, I you know, I was gonna say it too to open it up, but you know, I already dropped the ball leaving the Monday night war or the bring it to the table. Well, again, anyway, we're talking about Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway, if you remember him from the independent circuit. Um, six five, 
265 pounds. I swear to God, everybody's six something 250. That's every time I look these guys up. Yeah. What I like about Drew is that he caught my attention early in WWE as soon as he made his debut. But as I had mentioned a couple of weeks ago about Sheamus, uh, you know, in touring the UK and all those independent circuits, Drew was right along his side, and they even. Uh, fought for the IWW title. As I mentioned, that uh, it, that's the same promotion that Sheamus wrestled in. They fought for that title on the indie circuit. Um, he was known as just a narcissistic prick. And that's kind of what he came in as when he became the chosen one. Um, but before he made his way there, when he got to WWE, I found this kind of interesting in doing the research. He actually debuted in about late 2007 and was paired up with Dave Taylor, and they were basically on Sunday Night Heat. Now <laughs> I know why I didn't see him. <clears throat> yeah, 2.0, 3.0, whatever one it was at that point. Then he goes to OVW for a little bit, kind of get the WWE uh, feel, right? You got to get ready for their production side of things. Uh, then gets into FCW, where he becomes the Florida Championship Wrestling Champion, defeating... That's right, Sheamus. But then he ends up debuting on SmackDown, feuding for several weeks with R-Truth. Didn't get it, but that's how, I guess, if you need someone to come in as and, and feud with, you're talking about a solid guy to work with, another national treasure. Did you see that after Halloween Havoc happened on, like, that Saturday night, he showed up the following week on TV and goes, Happy Halloween Havoc, everybody! Keep on keeping on, man. You're doing a good job, Truth. But it wasn't long after that, that with this feud with R-Truth, that McMahon comes in about a month or two later. You know, that's kind of the notion is that as soon as he came out, that was the first thing. McMahon introduced him. Now, he was there for about two months feuding with R-Truth, and then McMahon said this is going to be a future world champion. Bringing out the chosen one, and now he's dressed to the nines evolution style you got the the perfect suit the nice you know keeping the gators down but he uh it was just that the chosen one but the problem is he had a huge feud going on with smackdown's general manager teddy long kept putting him in tag team matches against the undertaker sorry i had to but no he really did have a feud going on with teddy long because teddy was like i don't give a shit who called you the chosen one you're on my show and you're going to do what I tell you to do. But McIntyre wins the Intercontinental title. Everything is looking awesome for him. Now, even though he drops the Intercontinental title, he ends up winning the tag team titles with Cody Rhodes at Night of Champions uh, in 2010. Company's still high on McIntyre, doing a decent job. They're keeping him in storylines and even had him a part of the 2011 Elimination Chamber, where Big Show and it was, oh, let me think here. Big Show, Daniel Bryan, all those guys, right? And Daniel Bryan was about to go on to face uh, Sheamus. When Drew came in, I will never forget this. He went right up to one of the uh, glass structures that the guys are in, one of the pods. Yeah, the pods. And just started beating on it. 
and looked just like a million bucks right there. And I'm like, he's not winning tonight, but this guy has got it. He's got the it factor when you look at him and how in how he portrays himself. He is in character, but he looks like a real pissed off uh, guy, wrestler. <laughs> Things were looking really good for him. Until his fiance and him got into a little bit of a tiff at a SummerSlam weekend in 2011. It's the same weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. So SummerSlam 2011. And so they get into a huge fight. Tiffany, as you may remember her, former ECW general manager. Then they had her be an announcer. Then they said, we don't need you. But they got in a good enough fight at a bar at the hotel, and it looked bad on the company. So they said, we're going to pair you with Jinder Mahal and Heath Slater, and we're going to call you guys 3MB. See, guys, Heath has got this thing going right now. He's been calling himself a one-man band, but we're thinking, can't really have a one-man band. That's just Mark Fantasia's gig. So we're going to need him to have two other guys with him. Jinder, you look like a rock and roller. Just how you look right there and your garb, everything that you wear right there. Don't change a fucking thing. Stay right there. You're good. McIntyre, throw a bandana on, call it a day. Look, they they made chicken salad out of chicken shit, okay? They did something. They made... It, the crowd got behind them in such a weird way that... <laughs> the best thing, I, I, I still can't believe that the, the match that stole the show at TLC was the pre-show match where it was Hornswoggle against uh, T- El Torito. And 3MB played backup to the whole thing. They had very horrible, a very horrible time, but they did the job. That's my point when I say he's consistent. He did his time. He knew he did wrong. It's kind of like when Triple H had to play in a hog pen for a couple of months because of the curtain call. Remember that? You know, things happen. Remember that? Pepperidge Farm does. So in 2014... McIntyre is released in June of 2014. Kind of a shock, but also kind of not. And he returns to his home, ICW. And that's that promo that you just heard before I started talking about Mr. Drew McIntyre. Because he came back as Drew Galloway. And he didn't just return to ICW. From there, he ends up going on to Impact He ends up doing time in Evolve, as well as, do you remember WCPW? It was the What What Culture Culture. Pro Wrestling. What Culture Pro Wrestling, yeah. Yep. He was a world champ there for a little while, too. I mean, he made his way all around the independent (laughs) circuit. They sure were. To me, this is the original Cody Rose. Because everyone's like, well, Cody's the one that went away and made himself a big name and yada, 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 right? But Drew... Went away, and the part that you hear him say right there, what's best for business? Because that's all they were pushing in 2014, what's best for business? And he says, I am the fucking business. When Drew really is used to the right capability, instead of putting him with a goddamn air guitar, he is actually a really great wrestler and a great big guy. He looks small when you have him getting his ass kicked by Roman Reigns week after week with the 3MB. But you let him bulk himself up and look the way he does now. He's fucking bigger than Roman Reigns. So he did his time and came back 
and ends up winning the NXT title. Uh, I mean, when he came back, I was I was marking out. I couldn't believe that he was actually making his way back to WWE. I'd heard rumors, didn't think it was really going to happen. Wins NXT title, and as he's supposed to drop the NXT title, tears his tricep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was against Andrade. Andrade, yeah. But, yeah, and then he moves up to the main roster and is pretty much fast track to I, I'm not a main event storyline picture, but pretty much right up there as the shield is feuding with uh, Dolph Ziggler, Braun Strowman, all those guys drew fit right in the mold and ended up uh, pairing up with Dolph Ziggler, winning the tag titles with him at one point. Also pairing with Baron Corbin, but I'm not going to judge him for that. But the best thing that, Honestly, that showed you that Drew McIntyre was back and that WWE was going to still go back to the moniker of the chosen one. Maybe they're not going to use the wording, but they're going to make him a chosen one. Was when he Claymore kicked Brock Lesnar out of the ring at Royal Rumble. That That stadium erupted. That was the second best moment in that Rumble because Edge returned. Had Edge not returned, that was the best part of that entire Rumble. I would have closed the Rumble with that part. But it was awesome. And then, unfortunately, the pandemic happened. And he's forced to win his very first WWE championship in front of five people. Whoever was, you know, the commentators, the ref, and the cameraman. Poor guy. But I got to be honest, I think he did a great job throughout the entire pandemic. He had a feud with Randy Orton. Um, I think he did feud with Braun Strowman for a little while in there. I mean, he stayed very consistent, had a lot of great matches. Played uh, hot potato with the title with Randy for some weird reason. I think that one kind of fell short on me. Remember, we were like, why did they just give the title back to Orton again? Um, But... I got to be honest, I've been a very big fan of Drew since day one. I don't think that he is going to slow down anytime soon. I do like the idea still that I said, you know, him and Sheamus coming up together. They had a great feud. And speaking of the pandemic, 2021, look at those brutal matches that they were having with each other. I mean, leaving like bloody welts on each other and bruises that lasted for weeks. Why are they not uh, tag champions together? That's beyond me. I think that's a great pairing as well. Maybe Sheamus gets jumped by the Brawling Brutes one day and McIntyre helps him out. I can only hope. But just to run down the list of this man's accomplishments, uh, not all of them because, goddamn, he's got a lot of them. In Evolve, he was a world and tag team champion. Same with FCW. Uh, ICW, his home, same there where he is not only a world champion, a tag champion, he also is in their Hall of Fame, which I think is kind of pretty cool. And, of course, the you know the big one he... Well, actually, before I get to the big one, I know I had mentioned that he was in Impact. That was huge. That was, that was a pretty big thing because he was a star in Impact. They let him be what WWE ended up letting him be in 2019 and 2020, but he got to really get his big run there. You know who else did that? Bobby Lashley. Mm, that's true. Do you know who feuded with Bobby Lashley? Drew McIntyre. Not only just in WWE, but at Impact. 
It's like everybody went to Impact to kind of fix their craft, get better at what they were doing. I just think that's kind of... We give TNA and Impact a lot of shit, but they do yeah. kind of keep the guys going that we like. Well, at least Crucial put it that part, way. yeah. Maybe they could take Bobby Roode back for a little back for yeah, a little no bit shit, and get something right? good out of him. Bob Roode. Uh, but in WWE, he was a world champion twice, Intercontinental Champion, NXT Champion, Tag Team Champion, and of course, as I already mentioned, a Royal Rumble winner. That is this week's Wrestler of the Week. Now... Goldust is going to make us all feel really uncomfortable. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? We're going to become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah. You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! Beat Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day! We got you! Well, uh, how is Dakota, by the way? She's, uh, I know she's Don't get me started. Because you know I'll talk for a long time about that. Preschooler. She is a preschooler. She's going to preschool. And she tells me every day that she doesn't have fun there. But she has a very large smile when she comes away from preschool. So she's great. She's wonderful. I'm glad to have Mommy home. You know? Mm, I can't do this no more, Terry. Everything out of your mouth is really sickening to me. This, this, this is really making me sick. What are you talking about? Doing an interview. What are you talking about? You know, for for so long I've I've lived for my father. I've lived for you. We had an interview with Jim Ross about my dad, and I ended up crying because of him. 25 years, he's made my life a miserable wreck. Look at me, please. I understand that. Well, the seven years I've known you, I've been like a little puppy dog. Every time I do something wrong, I don't do something to your liking. You scorn me. You discipline me. I'm sick of it. You won't let me be myself. You don't even know who I am. You have no idea. You know nothing about my life. You want to think you do. You want to believe that you do. But you know nothing about me, and I'm sick and tired of it. I've lived for my dad, I've lived for you, and I'm tired of it. Very tired of it. Look at me, damn it. You know, do you think that I was at home for a month while you were away? God knows what you were doing. You think I was sitting at home playing Mr. Mom? Being a good little husband and a good little dad? That's bull****. You know, I was reaching. And I reached out and I found something. Something that did understand me. To let me express myself, to let me be who I want to be. Because you sure as hell hadn't done it. Look at me. Can you not look at me in the face, in my eyes, when I'm talking to you? Look at me, I'm shaking right now, okay? Do you understand what I'm talking about, Terry? Look at me. 
done everything I can do for you, and I'm sick and tired of it. Look at me. Look. Right now, I'm starting my life over, and I'm doing for me. And I'm doing, and I'm going to be who I want to be, when I want to be it. I'm not going to live for you or for my father anymore. It stops right now. So you can take this ring, you can take this marriage, and you can take Marlena, and you can shove it up your because I've had it up to here with you. And you're now you got to be asking yourself, I mean, how uncomfortable could one man make an entire world feel? <laughs> I mean, well, I would say it was a tag team between him and Jim Ross's choice of wording. Yeah. I'm going to say I felt uncomfortable about 50% of Raw because he raped his wife of her dignity. Yeah. Phrasing, pal. Phrasing. Break it down, man. Raw, Nitro. Oh, I really don't want to because I don't want to have to talk about that. But we'll go ahead and we'll power through it. November 3rd, 1997, Raw's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's the go-home show for Survivor Series 97. I don't remember anything big happening at that one. Uh, Austin starts <laughs> Austin starts Raw in the ring with Vince. We get Cornette on commentary, which is always awesome. Uh, we get a as promo. soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, we're not getting a rant this week, but we have him on commentary, and I'm going to say that's even better. Yep, absolutely. Uh, he cuts a quick promo on his match with Owen. Uh, they make mention that Owen and the rest of the Heart Foundation's home in Calgary. Austin's pissed everybody off. The Foundation, Nation of Domination, Ahmed Johnson Nation. They show, they replay. No, it's Prozac Nation. No, wait. That's <laughs> well, we're going to get there. Uh, they replay the stunner that gave, oh, God. Austin giving Ahmed the stunner from last week, and they show it from three different angles. Yep. It was effective. And every time they showed it, Austin was watching it, and he go, wham! Wham! <laughs> <laughs> There he is. I pick him up. Wham! <laughs> this is good. Oh my god! I know where Champ Kind just got his yep. uh, Anchorman thing from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ahmed's music hits. He comes out sporting a quite fetching fanny pack. Uh, Rush try to That's stop. Where he keeps him. the Prozac. <laughs> Vince talks to Ahmed. Says tells the rest to keep their eyes on Austin. Uh, Austin chance. Fucking flooding. The Wait. Game, huh? Uh, that it it killed me that they have all these refs in the ring, Ahmed and and Austin are about face to face, and the only thing Vince could keep saying is keep your eyes on him to about Austin. He's like keep, keep him keep him away. I'm like like he's got a fucking gun. Ahmed's the one that just came to the ring. Austin was already out here, dude. Yeah, yeah. pushing on the wrong guy there. Uh, I think it's on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well. Here's where things go awry. It's Ahmed talking about crossing his end zone again. Says he doesn't have to have fans. He's been on his own since he was 13 years old. I think it, this is the point where the Prozac was wearing off. And he wants a match tonight. Ahmed says, anybody wants to see Ahmed get his ass kicked tonight, give me a hell yeah. First, is this one of the very first hell yeahs? I feel like we, we haven't so. had many of those. Yeah, I think so. Because when he did it. The crowd did it, and I was like, I, I've been watching. I haven't heard any of these yet. I don't think he's done that yet. Yeah, I think it's the first one. 
boom, yeah. another cool thing while watching this. You know, like each week, I was like, I have a feeling right now, Scott Hall is starting this uh, survey. Yep, still going. And damn it, if I wasn't right, man, and we're, and we're finding it. But we also found, like we said, you know, there are signs everywhere the very next night. No, well, there were. You know, we're finding ups and downs. However, um, you weren't kidding. That opening line, you cross my end zone. Or my end, yeah, my end zone. And I don't like that. What the fuck did you just say? Yeah, I think, I, I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> we, we get Sonny as our guest ring announcer for the first match, Yay. first round of the light heavyweight tournament. Uh, our other matches are Takamichinuku versus Devin Storm, Jerry Lynn versus Eric Shelley. There you fucking go right there. There's a fucking, there's a match right there. And Who the uh, hell's Eric Shelley? I don't know. Okay. Flash Flanagan. It's not Alex Shelley. Yeah, I know. Well, it's funny you say Brian Christopher on the graphic they show. I was like, who, this fucking <laughs> list of eight people I don't know. And besides Taka Michinoku, and I go, okay, Jerry Lynn. And I go, BC. I go, oh, they just fucking phoned it in. They gave this guy just two letters. And then Christopher was on commentary. And I was right. like, oh, it was him. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Took me a second. This, yeah. So it was Super Loco versus Aguila. And it was a pretty good match. I mean, it was a good cruiserweight match. You know, uh, Cornette must have been dying inside having to sell it but that oh, yeah. that made me chuckle uh Agu- what an amazing maneuver <laughs> right aguila hits uh what i know as the twisted bliss alexa bliss does it and th- that top rope move uh yeah gets the win there you go uh he just didn't get the fingers right you know yeah the, the, well the, the twisted bliss i'm just kidding <laughs> um and weird. it's aguila they're going to, I think, I believe it's Aguila, right? Aguila. Yeah. Okay. Or Aguila. Um, yeah. He, I actually remember when WWE started this lightweight division. Of course, the very first thought out of mine and everybody's mind was, ooh, monkey see, monkey do. They got cruiserweights over there. We got light heavyweights um, or lightweights. I remember liking Aguila, and I don't think this is his first uh, or I'm sorry, his only appearance in WWE. I think he's actually going to have several. He's pretty decent to watch. Yeah. Finish was a little little sketch, but other than that, yeah, the match was pretty solid. Yeah. What wasn't solid was as oh, you had referenced. Boy. As you've dust, seen our logo. Hearing JR talk about gold dust raping his wife's dignity and then they do it later no he he hang he, on he did both he, he did both he had pauses generally after the word raping almost every time and i even watched Cornette look over like god damn man why do you keep saying that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so jr interviews gold dust and marlena it's actually really dustin and terry um they reference Marlena being a wafer a couple names, but they never say Pillman's name. 
Uh, JR asks Marlena how they're doing. She says, happy, you know, we're, it's a fa- we're a family again, you know, we're watching movies and eating pizza and spending time with Dakota. Dustin looks miserable as hell. And he says everything he out of your He reminded mouth. me of when Mike Tyson just sat there during the Robin Givens interview with Barbara Walters. You know which one I'm talking <laughs> about? And he was all pissed. And she's like, he beats me. He rapes me at home. And he just sat there. Dead stared eyes, and I was like, that's what he really looks like right now. This is really fucking weird. Pretty much. Pretty much. First, he did say, uh, JR did say, so uh, what did you tell Dakota? It's one of the first questions. She's like, mommy just went away for a while. She she was away. It's like, oh, my God, they're really making this uncomfortable as we're going along. Okay, keep going. Well, if if you don't think that it was uncomfortable now, you certainly will. Dustin does tell Marlena everything out of, coming out of your mouth is sickening me. Uh, I've I've you know lived for my dad. I've lived for you for 25 years. My dad's made my life miserable. Seven years I've known you. I've been like a puppy dog. You scorn me. You discipline me. Who am I? You know nothing about my life. I'm sick and tired of it. He keeps telling her she you know she's getting upset and looking away. Look at me, damn it! Look at me, damn it! Uh, reached out and found something. You sure as hell haven't done it. Found somebody who knows me, understands my insides. For a long, long time, I haven't loved you. And Marlena goes, why are we doing this live now? And he tells tells Marlena to shove it up her ass. <laughs> shove this ring and this interview up her ass. Yep. Uh, I felt like it was mommy and daddy breaking up at the dinner table, and I had to just try to eat my macaroni like I wasn't there. Well, you got to figure a good percentage of the audience at that time probably had divorced parents, so they could probably relate to it. Oh, good. That's what I like to do. I like to watch wrestling. I want to relate to my broken home. The whole fucking reason I watch this is to get away from my childhood traumas. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. I got to say, I actually vividly remember watching this. So you had Monday Night Football always on. Um, I remember getting home late from practice or whatever it was when this was on. And I remember running into my parents' bedroom at the time and turned on and watching. And I only caught the tail end of it where he's like, and you could take this ring and and shove it up your ass. And I was like, that's weird. Watching it in full. Like, I remember that happening, right? And I remember him being like, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But the, watching the entire rant, also her being like, everything's great. Yeah, you know, we, we're just, we're a happy family. We love each other. And him looking like he was going to put his hand through a fucking wall is crazy. Did you skip ahead to Survivor Series by any chance? No. Hmm. Okay. Just remember what I said. Um, It was fucking uncomfortable. Let's move on. Is there, is there any more of this depressing shit? Uh, after they oh, yeah, I'm sorry. From... As soon as we get back from break, JR is going to rehash the entire fucking thing. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And he just runs down gold dust. Uh, so then we get a video package. He's not a man. That's not what he is. <laughs> a man doesn't do that. He doesn't leave his family. He doesn't abandon him. He doesn't rape his wife. Over dignity, god damn it. He really was lit the fuck up. <laughs> he was. He was pretty pissed off, yeah. Um, we get a video package on the Brett. Shawn Michaels rivalry. I thought it was cool. You know, they, they do a good job with that shit. Wonder how it ends. Next, we get our match. It's oh. supposed to be Ahmed Johnson versus Austin. Ahmed's coming out, and Cornette goes, Can this guy not read a format? This match isn't scheduled now. 
<laughs> Wrong on so many levels and amazing. Good job. Great. Uh, Austin doesn't come out. The lights go out. Kane's music hits. Ahmed gets choke slammed and then tombstone twice. Mankind runs in, hits a mandible claw on Bearer. Uh, he hits Kane with what they refuse to refer to as a huge piece of metal. The turnbuckle something. Kane does the setup, and we go to commercial. All I right. liked it. I, I and um, it it was great because I was like, good, because I really don't want to see Austin and Ahmed tonight. So hopefully that's what just happened to this match, right? Uh, after that, uh, we get Austin coming into the ring. He tells says Ahmed got off light. If he can drag his ass back out here, I'll take him on. Otherwise, I'll take on anybody in the locker room. He he has to keep asking before somebody actually comes out, and he finally says, if "Nobody comes out." So, Somebody get me a hot dog and a beer. Nation's music hits. Kama's going to fight Austin. You get the Rocky sucks chance, but the crowd's doing it in tempo with the Nation's music. It was really fucking cool. I don't think I caught that. I may have skipped through the entrance. No shit. It hit me, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Legion of Doom come down. They fight off with the Nation. Austin hits a stunner on Kama, and he heads to the back while Legion of Doom and the Nation fight. It's kind of that cool thing. It's like, you know, you get everybody riled up and started into a fight, and then you just walk away and watch the carnage as you go. Good moment. Uh, That leads us into hour two. I do it at bars all the time. I'm like, yo, that dude just touched your girl's ass. Deuces. (laughs) I got to go. In hour two, we get Lawler and Vince back on commentary, so unfortunately no more Cornette. You get Michael Cole in the ring, calls out Shawn Michaels. Rue comes out, says hit. Cut the music, calls out DX. Uh, I see China carrying paper bags, and I immediately know what's coming up. Sean has a cup of coffee in his hand. Uh, They talk about last week during the Brett Shamrock match. Shawn Michaels interfered. Triple H takes the mic from Cole and says, You've talked enough. We've given you hell, but you stuck it around. Put her there. China kneels behind him. Triple H just pushes him over. One of my favorite parts... Shawn Michaels says, I'm, you know, I'm the showstopper. I'm the icon that can still go. I am for, I shall now forever be known as the wrestling God. Triple H takes the mic away. He goes, Hey, I've known you a long time. I know where you were going to go. He, he just mimics Hogan. And he says to be God, you have to be as old as God or have fought at age in the cage. <laughs> Oh, it was a good dig. Uh, Shawn Michaels, out of nowhere, says he's going to walk naked out on Raw next week. Show Shamrock the world's most dangerous man. Do you get it? (sighs) No. What does he mean? Triple H calls Sergeant Slaughter out to make the match official. More chin jokes come. And then the paper bags, if you're not familiar, they pull out face shields. Because, you know, Slaughter's always spitting in their faces. And then that's not good enough, and they go back to the bags, and they've got little attachable windshield wipers that they put on. Yeah. Well, I mean, you it, it, the windshields are only as good as the wipers that are on them. I mean, you can't see if there's dots still in your face continuously. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, the crowd. The hearing... best thing is one had an S on it, and one had an H on it. Yep. So you knew, obviously, whose was whose. Well, Triple H... Must have tested his, made sure his was ready to go. His, flawless, not an issue. Sean 
was like, well, I'm going to pop a couple pills before I head out there <laughs> and didn't maybe play with his because he spent the majority of it trying to get his to work. Yep, pretty much, yep. Uh, yeah, he'll sign the match. One stipulation, it's going to be tonight. So, there you go. Um, I, <laughs> I guess I am that perverted because of all the shit that I don't remember actually watching happening. I remember this, and maybe just as a clip, as a clip. Marrow's in the back. Is another Brian Pillman six man uh, uh, little man match? No, no. <laughs> I tried to forget <laughs> that one. Marrow's in the back, and he goes to Sable's dressing room, mm. saying, "Hey, come on, let's go. Hold on a minute." Kicks open the door, and you see a shot of Sable from the back with her top completely down and no side boob. Central and uh, gra- oh, grabs her. That's her side boob. Yeah, uh, grab grabs her and pulls her out. She has to cover up because she doesn't even have the fucking top on. Calls her stupid too. It was a fully man. Yeah, that was a fully. <laughs> it was a half one. At least a half of one. Next we get Savio now, Vega versus Mero. Brock has the milk's gone bad. <laughs> yeah. I. There's a joke about Lesnar in there somewhere, and I don't want to go there. <laughs> we can just move on. Wow. Well, up, up, and let's move on. It makes me feel not oozy. Let's go. Savio Vega versus Mero. Uh, Sable causes a distraction. Again, another low blow. Cole interviews Sable ringside, asking her, you know, hey, the last few matches, he's won with a low blow. Mero interrupts and says, this interview's over. If you want to speak to a superstar, you talk to me, Gilligan, and drag Sable off. I like that he called Michael Cole Gilligan. So, to recap, we not only have one abusive relationship going on, we have two abusive relationships going on. Fantastic writing. (laughs) Yeah. In the same fucking show, the same year, not even just the fucking, the same week, everything, man. I mean, like... Usually you don't even get that once every couple years. This is like, well, let's do them simultaneously and see which ones the people like more. It, I mean, obviously, it's the fucking Jerry Springer was going off at this point. You it's know what Russo. I mean? So you want to have as much. Yep. That's funny you bring him up because we're going to be talking about him in Movie of the Week. We are. Indeed, we are. Next, we get Vader versus Bulldog in a dog collar match. Uh, Bulldog has Anvil and Furnace and Lafon with him. Uh, if you're not familiar, sometimes the rules are different. It's like a strap match. you got to hit all four corners in a row. Cole interviews Furnace Which and Which is really funny because that was, I'm sorry, what did they call that? The dog collar match? Yes. Okay. WWE's version, touch all four corners. Yeah, it's a strap match. But AEW, NWA, WCW, like everybody else, it's just Georgia. a fucking chain yeah. match and you beat the piss out of each other. Yep. Uh, out of each other. You know what I mean? Like. This one, well, just touch the corners. It was a filler, uh, just to fill some time. Uh, interviewing Furnace and Lafon, asking why they're teaming with uh, the Hearts at Survivor Series, because they hate American fans. They were in a car accident five months ago, apparently, and they said they got fan mail from everybody. Yeah, and that's why they were away for that little bit, as we uh, had noticed that. Because I was like, even I noticed, I'm like, man, they were yeah. here during the Canadian Stampede and then pfft, gone, yep. so that makes sense. Got fan mail from every country except USA. Vader wins. He's jumped by the hearts afterwards. And then Steve fucking Blackman shows up and runs a clinic in the ring. (laughs) (laughs) 
I did not remember this. I forgot now, about this. And I got to say, I knew what was happening. And even I watching this was like, how much of this is real? Because what happens is Blackman comes in. The, the commentary is just selling it that it's a fan. And they're doing a good job. After he runs everybody mm-hmm. down, Vader pulls him off and like lays on top of him to guard him. The hearts keep attacking Vader. Commentary still selling they don't know who it is and that it's a fan. And then at the end they go, the only part that, that ruined it, the only part that ruined it was at the end, Blackman gets out of the ring and commentary goes, well, he's going to be persecuted uh, to the fullest extent of the law. And Blackman just gets back into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to arrest him after the show probably. We'd like you to enjoy your show. But I can tell you right now, with only a fucking sign, they don't let you finish the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, I liked the execution of the entire setup with the, it's a fan, Vader laying on him to protect him, you know, so he doesn't get hurt. Loved it. But you can only do this once because then you're going to get people who are like, oh, shit. That's how I get a WWE contract? If I help Vader out, he'll lay on top of me. Yeah, probably not a good idea. But, you know, for what it was. Made poorly on lay on him. Los Bariquas versus New Age Outlaws. The Outlaws win. Heelish tactics. Your main event, you get Shamrock versus Shawn Michaels. China runs Shamrock into the post. Lawler. China gives new meaning to the term feminine protection. <laughs> Fucking Lawler. <laughs> Shamrock taps to an ankle lock uh, while the rest distract. I'm sorry. Shamrock gets HBK in an ankle lock while the rest distracted by China. I'm like, what match did you yeah, watch? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, and Shawn Michaels taps, but ref doesn't see it. Rude uses the briefcase. Triple H rolls in. Uh, ref sees it. DQ. Beatdown commences. And we get a pedigree on the briefcase uh, to end the show. Not good a great stuff. finish. Not a good finish for a go home show for Survivor Series. No. Yeah, I mean, I get, I would have rather. Get well, hang there. on. Well, and do you know why he wasn't there? Not why, but do you remember that he wasn't there? If you recall, wrestling with shadows, you see him uh, at home, and he's still working and talking the contracts and all, or not the contracts, the. Uh, match finish over the phone with Vince and all that shit and he's like when I get there tomorrow we're gonna talk about it it's like he they just didn't want him at Raw and I'm like it's weird because the entire Hart Foundation was there not Brett yeah Brett Nolan very yeah. weird did he only have one date left on his contract I feel like and I can't remember for the life of me I feel like a week before this uh, or maybe it was this week or the week before. I think it was the week before this. Something happened. Like they got into another argument or something. So they probably just said, Brett, just chill home and wait for Survivor Series. Well, the good news is that two weeks from today, we'll be w- watching and talking about Hitman Wrestling with Shadows. Yeah, it's kind of appropriate. All right. So that brings yeah. us to Nitro there in Philadelphia, PA, home of the Eagles. If you're into that kind of thing. Uh, the open is a recap of pay- Diamond Dale's page getting beat down and Sting making the save. Uh, it's official. Sting and Hogan will meet in December. 
And then they start hyping up Assault on Devil's Island. They show clips. They say it's the fourth highest rated movie on cable ever. There's a... <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's going to get better. My favorite part is they start showing clips. Hogan has, you know, the bimbo as, you know, the female lead. Mother of God, what's that? This was fun. It was terrible. It was so goddamn awful. I loved it. I loved it. I had it on VHS. I converted it to DVD and now digital. Oh, boy. Uh, And then apparently during the commercial. Can you even find Assault on Devil's Island anywhere? I'm going to have to YouTube. I bet you it's on YouTube for free. Not even on YouTube movies. It's like someone put it up and they're like, here, just steal it. We don't even give a shit. And we'll find out here in a second. Uh, During the commercials, though, while it was debuting on TNT, they broke away for the contract sighting. Uh, Hogan's on at the podium saying Sting's late. He's scared. He shows up, gets in Hogan's face, signs, points the bat at Hogan, and walks away. So, yeah, the, the, the match is official now. I did like when Sting showed up. He walked up slow and then just slammed the bat on the table before even getting over to the podium. Just, I don't know. It, it's funny to me watching all this. I'm like, you knew that you were about to have this match. And you know the history and the story about... Unfortunately, Sting is not exactly ready for Starcade. Like, I still don't get why he is about to get the torch passed over to him and he just didn't get himself in shape or was ready or anything. Still bothers me. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. I can see you. Go ahead. <laughs> Opening up for our first match of the night, we get Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko versus Ray Mysterio Jr. and Steven Regal. Kind of an odd pairing there. I could have sworn that Eddie just jumped Dean like two weeks ago. Yep. Or they got at least into a little bit of a fight. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ray hits a springboard and drop kicks Regal on mistake at the end. Eddie hits a powerbomb on Ray. He goes up to the top for the frog splash, but Malenko tags himself in, locks in the cloverleaf for the win. There you go. Next, we get Dave Taylor versus Fit Finley. Hey, everybody, Dave Taylor's back. Wow. Twice today. I know, right? We're not going to hit the hat trick on that one. Uh, Fit I Finley know wins. we're never going to ever hit a three or a hat trick for Dave Taylor. <laughs> never. Maybe the day he dies. Yeah, there you go. Honorary one. Uh, next, we get Bischoff on the phone talking to commentary. He runs down Sting and Piper. Uh, talks about how Vince tried to steal Hogan's Thunder by putting on Best of Survivor Series. Uh, during the debut of Assault on Devil's Island, uh, and a lot of those matches were Hogan matches. <laughs> and, oh, my God, I forgot. Thank you for reminding me. During Raw, they showed several commercials. It's uh, whatever the, the Survivor Series Spectacular. You're going to see Hulk Hogan, Razor Ramon, Diesel, the one, two, three right, kid, yeah. Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect. They literally just named everybody in WCW that used to work there. Macho Man. Watch Not even fucking people that work there now. That's even better. All right, sorry. Right. No, you nailed it. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad that Bischoff called that out. Thank you. That was uh, yeah, last week. Uh, this run uh, wasn't great here because I don't I didn't really take a lot of notes because there wasn't a lot of shit to take notes on. Uh, Psychosis versus Yuji Nagata. Nagata wins with a leg lock. Yeah. You missed. I'm sorry. 
one big thing about Bischoff's promo. And next week. Ah, yes. We're all going to be there. And we have a big surprise for all of you. It is a huge one. It's a done deal. You know what he's referring to, right? I don't think I do. Oh. I'll leave it to, I guess, listeners' minds. Yeah, there you go. I know. I know Big Cat's coming back. Yep, that's part of it, too. All right. That's not the big, that's not the news. I'm saying he's going to be there next week. All right. But I'll just goddamn give it away. Where the fuck is Brett going? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no shit. Good call. Yeah, because he did show right the fuck up. He just couldn't wrestle for a while. Yep. Well, no, he didn't show up, but they start talking that he signed him. And why I'm already saying that is because we just talked about Hitman Hart wrestling with shadows. You know, in there, he clearly is like, yeah, Bischoff's giving me $50 million to get kicked in the face by Goldberg. Or something like that. Yikes. All right. We got another promo from Raven. This time it's about him and his old class when he was a kid. I honestly spaced out on this one. Um, next, we get Disco Cuckold versus Saturn for the TV title. And I'll be damned, Saturn wins the TV title. I don't remember that. No buildup, no storyline, no bubble. I'm sorry, I'm just saying what Glenn Gilbert, he said a couple weeks back about one of the AEW matches. But look at that. There was no buildup to this, and Saturn just wins your TV title. Yep. But I like it. I actually, you're right. I didn't know that anybody in the flock ever won a title, to be honest with you, besides Raven. Right. I think I knew that he wins the U.S. title at best, but I don't think anything else from that. Kidman, but I'm not when he was in the flock. Oh, maybe, yeah, sorry, Kidman, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, next we get uh, Gene on the ramp with Flair. It's a promo on Hennig, and uh, he he makes a comparison uh, about Lindros versus Yager. It's a hockey reference. You wouldn't get it. I didn't. <laughs> I put it in the notes that you wouldn't. Uh, Scott Hall comes out, and this is interesting because they barely sold it after they mentioned it. Scott Hall's got a title on. They can't identify it. They're saying it might be a tag title belt, but Scott Hall doesn't hold a title. So apparently on the way out, he just grabbed one from the equipment closet and just slapped it on. Uh, Is that just peeling back the curtain even more uh, on the fourth wall? Uh, (laughs) I can just do what I want. He does the survey time thing. So he's got a little bit more business to take care of, and he's going to beat up Chris Jericho. He calls out Zabisco, and they play the footage again of Bischoff attacking Zabisco at the pay-per-view. So we do, right after that, get Chris Jericho versus Scott Hall, and Jericho fucking gets the win with a roll-up. That, I thought, was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, Hall naturally attacks Jericho post-match, hits the outsider edge twice, points at the ref, and he powders. Uh, About to set him up for a third one, Zabisco leaves commentary, heads to the ring with the contract, and Hall teases him and just walks off. Next, we get today's Lucha Libre lesson of the week. After that, we hear that there are three players from the Philadelphia Eagles in the crowd who gives a shit. Uh, we head into hour two, and I, you know, I have names written down here. It was a luchador battle royale. Uh, they are basically using this as a promotional tool for World War Three, which is coming up. The giant just comes out and wrecks the shop. 
uh, gets on the mic, cuts a promo. About That's it. what it was used for. Yep, yep. Cuts a That's prom- what it was used promo for. On World. It was just used for him to beat the fuck out of everybody and show that he's going to beat the fuck out of everybody at World War Three. Yep. And then he says, Thanksgiving is a time. Sorry, I didn't mean to ruin your parade. I'm like, as soon as I saw all these people in the ring, I go, yeah. Since when the fuck do they just do random battle royals? As soon as I saw Giant, I go, ah, this is why we're doing yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> and Giant closes by saying, Thanksgiving is a time to eat, and we've got a giant who's hungry. You know, all those times. Who's writing this shit? Yeah, I know, right? Well, it's, that's probably why those buffet tables were out there, because he was hungry. You know, he probably snagged some food before he power slammed people through or, or choke slammed people through. Uh, next, we get Alex Wright versus Ric Flair. Uh, Flair wins. Next, Ray Trailer versus Mongo. Goldberg comes out during the match as a distraction, doesn't do anything, still has a Super Bowl ring. He does cause a distraction, and Ray Trailer gets the win. That's cool. We get a Ray Trailer win. Yep. I like it. That's a good night. Gene's in the ring with Diamond Dallas. In Pat- 1997. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. As Ray Trailer. <laughs> I mean, you got to take the small, you got to take the wins when you can. Wasn't even a cop at that point. Right. Just a fucking citizen. Uh, yeah. Uh, we get an in-ring promo with Diamond Dallas Page. Then we get Pubic Enema versus the Steiners. They stack two tables, and something didn't go right. Scott ended up making a quick pin, and you could see Scott throw as they backed up. As they went to commercial, Scott threw the table into the ring, and Rick was kind of just walking off, looking back like, what the fuck? Something did not go right with that finish. What a big fucking surprise. It was awesome to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's what you get when you got public enemy in the ring. Yep, absolutely. Uh, main event, Lex Luger versus Kurt Hennig. Flair ends up interfering. It's a DQ. Luger racks Hennig anyway. Flair interferes again. The bell rings again. So they called it a DQ twice. Flair interfered. They rang the bell. They called a DQ. Luger puts Hennig in the rack. Flair interferes again. They call for the bell again. It's another DQ. Good night, folks. Good night, folks. It's funny because they end it with Luger walking up the ramp. I had him in the rack. I had him, like, talking to Flair. I was like, it's a really horrible ending. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. It, it was it botched together. But, you know, we should start. Let's do a shot every time one of the WCW main event TV shows, the, the TV main event ends with an actual pinfall we'll do like one shot a year don't worry pretty much yep (laughs) can be written out like a movie Ooh, six segue i was hoping while watching some of this movie this week that some of it would actually coincide a little bit with the Monday Night Wars. Some of it technically does in some ways, depending on how you look at the timeline, how they piece things together. But we kind of alluded to this one earlier. I said Vince Russo's in it. Let me tell you the rest of the cast. You got The Rock, Mankind, Terry Funk, Jim Ross, and a fat guy that owns a pizzeria <laughs> and APW. Talking about Beyond the Mat, which any 
person who is a big, big, long-time hardcore wrestling fan, you've likely seen this. If you haven't, you absolutely need to go out of your way. It was produced, I believe, in 1999 is when it officially came out. It was either late 98 or... Yeah, no, no, it was, it was 90... No, no, God, no. It, it shows 99's Rumble, so had to be probably late 99. Yeah. Uh, either way, this is really... Man, I mean, it's like watching the movie The Wrestler in documentary form. Yeah, I mean, they cover a lot of different aspects. Yeah, take away. Yeah, so guy, it starts with, you know, uh, the person who, you know, actually produced the documentary and directed it, talking about how, you know, his love of wrestling, people didn't understand him, you know, he would often not tell people, and just talks about his love. Lives in his mom's basement. And says, yeah, pretty much. They actually made it look like that, which is hilarious. And and he says, you know, and if we're going to talk about wrestling, what a better place to start than fucking Titan Towers. And they walk in, it's hilarious. They show him walking down the halls, getting lost. He keeps looking around. Um, at one point, you know, you, you, you'll see a couple random wrestlers in there, but, uh, so they go and they talk to Vince and you see, actually, you see Vince, Linda and, uh, Shane. Uh, I, I do got to say that right before they get to that, you hear a voiceover of WWF headquarters, uh, headquarters, <laughs> just a moment. And all you think is Office just space. a moment. Just a moment. It was just the way they kept playing. But they did like four of them in a row. Yeah. And I was like, we got it. You have an answering machine or something. Or a lady that sounds like one. Jesus, come on. It's just odd that they even put that in there. Yeah. My bad. I it don't was know. weird. No, it was good. I tried, again, that's one of those things I tried to block out because it is annoying. Um, but it is fun to see a very black-haired Vince. Yeah. Very black-haired Shane. You know, young. It's all. It was refreshing to watch some of this. Absolutely. And they, uh, you know, this is uh, one of my favorite uh, things with Vince because he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, we're doing what we're doing in the WWF. Pretty, pretty soon, everybody's going to see what we really do here, make movies. And he like not, I just love the, the motion he makes. Is then he grabs his water bottle and he takes a sip, like he just said, like the most poignant thing ever in history. Um, and you know, and they show him working with Dude Love, you know, you know, going through and. I think he... I need to say something. The equivalent of him saying that in 1999 is in like the equivalence of Donald Trump in fucking 1999 being like, yeah, you know, in 2020, I'll be your president <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you're like, really? <laughs> it's kind of odd. It's a weird thing for him to say. Right. And he's like, we make movies. And then in the end of the day, they strictly are sports entertainment and it's barely wrestling in a way and it's he, he was never lying to you they make movies yep pretty much and they do they i mean they have their own movie studio too so um that too yeah so then what we get is we get to see draws who hasn't even hmm. been signed yet and they talk about his ability to puke on cue so that's when we get the meeting and they talk about it and as I, he's gonna, he's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. <laughs> what sucks is that he, he goes, he can't do oh, it. Here we go, pal. Here's a trash can and the motherfucker can't live up to his name. I'd have been like, I'm going to call you non puke. He barely he let him off with that. I'm like, are you, you couldn't do another take for this movie. Are you shitting me? And what's killing me is Shane's just sitting there smiling, waiting for some fucking chunks to come out. And you see, JR is sitting there like, 
I hate my job. <laughs> like you could just see it on his face. He has zero expression. He's just looking at draws like, I can't believe I gotta watch this shit. Right. <laughs> and then they show you know, you have animal, you have hawk, yeah. and you have puke. <laughs> it's just a great scene. It's it's peak Vince. It's peak Vince. Well, in but really it it, it it's a peek into really meeting him and talking about characters and what you can be you know i mean everybody has their story you know undertaker said when he was pulled in he was like oh my god i'm gonna be the one coming out of this fucking egg yep you know and you you don't know until you're sitting down and so draws you know had wrestling abilities and aspirations i'm sure he didn't go i'm going in strictly to puke right Little did he know he's coming in to puke and throw Hawk off of the top of the the Titan Tron in a couple months. Yeah. Sorry, too soon? Yeah. Amongst other things, It's really thrown someone off the wagon. Yeah. So after that, they, they basically, you know, make the, oh, okay, as somebody gets a fresh start, there's still people you know, they're looking, you know, for their big break. And they go to a wrestling school. And the shystiest of shystiest uh, owners is there. Uh, the look on his face, <laughs> this guy looks like a porn star, a grifter, and a pizza store owner. I was going to say he looks like a short, fat pizza owner, Ron Jeremy. Yeah. He has Ron Jeremy's face, yeah. just not the hair or dick. Um, I don't. It, but the funniest thing, and you say shysty, oh my God. Guys, guys. Don't forget your dues are owed. Don't forget you have to pay those dues. It's the first of the month, guys. Like, multiple times you heard this guy begging for his money. (laughs) Yep, and uh, just to show you how great this is. He also looks like the mechanic that tells you, because your air filter is messed up, you need a new carburetor, and you know what I mean? He just looks like that shite. He's a grifter. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think it's further shown in the next segment where... They talk about their two most successful people at the school. Uh, I forget I forget their names off the top of my head, but one of them, uh, they show him, and he's like, he's like, yeah, this is wrestling's part time for me. He's like, I work for, for Visa. I like it. I make good money. He's like, but he's like, this is because right now wrestling is just a thing that I do because there's no way because you get paid like shit. And then they show the owner again, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I pay him well. These guys, they get paid great. They love it, you know. <laughs> Complete opposite. And then the other guy, the but head, then you show the, him the head star. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. The yep. head star, the the best guy in the school who actually helps teach, is doing so well that he's living above the ring, <laughs> upstairs, <laughs> for free. <laughs> I was hoping you were to mention that. And he works part time. What's funny though is that he's from hospitals. Yep, that, yep. He works for a mortuary, and then they show this shiesty owner Tony Mamaluka that him interviewing guys, and he's like, you know, you're not you're not gonna make uh, you can only make maybe ten bucks a night. But then you hear that I pay these guys well. I pay them real well. Ten bucks a night. Yeah, it's it's. But to the best part is these guys. Get tryouts with the WWF. Yep. So they and go. And uh, where was it? Love it. Was it at an event or something? Was it at a pay-per-view or was it just at a Raw? Raw. Okay. That's a what Raw. I, Okay. So, yeah. So it's great because they're showing everybody backstage. I mean, you just literally, you see DX just hanging around. You see everybody. DX was hanging out with Jeff Jarrett. Yep. Um, and you saw Owen Hart in there. You also saw, uh, God, who was it? Um. 
the rock and mankind just mm-hmm. shooting the shit in the background. Yep. So, and the best part is, and then Tony, Tony Mamaluka. And Tom Mamaluka. So you know they show the wrestlers talking to Jim Ross. He's like, "Are you guys?" Oh no, they were showing him with Cornette, and Cornette's like, "Listen, you guys are coming out here. None of these guys know your name, so you know this is your chance." It, it was really cool to see Cornette break shit down. Uh, I've heard him say on his podcast that he hated that. He didn't like having them there uh, to shoot. Because you know what? He probably would have been like, "Look at." Nobody's going to fucking know who you guys are, right? So just get out there, do your fucking job. You know, he probably does things a lot different than he's like, hey, guys, no one's going to like you out there, but yeah, go out there, put on a good match. I think you guys are going to do real good, all right? Uh-huh. That's how they made him sound. It was not right. the Jim Ross we all know. It wasn't Vice TV Jim Ross. <laughs> right, so they show Cornette. So the, the guys end up going out, and then they show Cornette uh, with Jay- oh, Jim Cornette, I meant. Not no, no, Ross. Yeah, no, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, JR and Vince. Vince actually watches for a second. And they're watching at one point. One of them kind of botches a move. And, and they all kind of go back. They all kind of go, ooh. <laughs> and Vince goes, going to have to work but on I, that. I love it. That's what he goes, oh, we're going to need some work on that one, aren't we? And then he just goes, all right, we'll send me a tape. And that send me a tape is the biggest set of dog shit ever. There's no way he's ever going to be seeing that tape. Right, 100%. What I did- All the meanwhile, Mama Luca is just sitting there staring at the, just and not saying a word, just taking it in with his Jerry curled head Ron Jeremy face. Yep. Uh, one of the, the, you know, the better of the two wrestler, uh, one with a go home. You familiar with the match, the go home. I think it's similar to Ciampa's air raid, right? Uh, yeah, it's called, which is all I was going to say. Also, it was white noise for, uh, uh, Seamus. Yep. Uh, I think it's called the go home and he hits it and, and Cornette, I, I think it was Cornette goes, Ooh, I haven't seen that one before. And then you hear a wrestler and I don't know who it is. A wrestler in the background goes, I'm stealing that. Which is so awesome. I fucking love it. They're like, well, I'm stealing it. Yeah. And nobody's going to see it. You can. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, so then, well, that's the thing is I'm not going to lie. I have seen some really cool things from best of the West, right? I'm seeing like some really awesome moves that I have never seen in WWE, AEW, new Japan, like guys doing power bombs off of the top of like someone else off the top rope, like just some crazy ass shit. Right. Right. And that's where it starts. And then the big leagues see it and they're like, Ooh, I'm taking that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then we transition from that. To seeing Terry Funk being woken up and crawling out of bed. Yeah, I forgot how sad this part gets. Yeah, and it's basically all just Terry Funk's body is broken down. Like, they hype him up first. They they go into about his, you know, his history. Everybody knows who the fuck he is. He's a local celebrity where he lives. His daughter's getting married, and, you know, they just show him, like, as a normal person. He's beat the fuck up, but at the same time, it's his love. I guess he feels like he has to do it. I don't know, man. But they talk about him getting ready for his match at ECW's first ever pay-per-view. Um, so that's cool to see Paul Heyman. They get into the whole Paul Heyman ECW story, how he does all the recording. You see, uh, see fucking Joey Styles in his mom's basement while his mom is ironing. Yep. The cool thing I liked about this was... And it's pretty popular. I've seen this uh, on, on multiple things. I think I did it in the ECW Rise and Fall DVD, but where Heyman 
is talking to the entire roster before the barely legal pay-per-view. And he said, you guys are the reason that these people are here tonight. You're the reason that these people are buying this. He goes, they're going to pay $19.99, hopefully. Um, but he goes, we all need to thank Terry Funk for his relentless effort that he has given to us to be here tonight. He is a legend, and he is taking us to the next level. Really fucking cool that he gave him those props right there in front of the entire roster. Because that night, I believe, Terry ends up winning the title. Yeah, so he ends up winning the title. You know, and then the fucked yeah. up thing is, you know, because, you know, his family's there. They're up in the rafters, and he wins, and he's looking up, and we did it. We did it. I mean, at this point, you know, it is what it is, but... And then the fucked up part is they show him backstage getting stitched up and his nose is all fucked up. He can barely breathe through it. He's hawking shit up and he's sipping on a Coors Light while he's doing it. And that's not even the fucking worst part of watching this show. It's not. This, it's uh, not. So movie. here is where, like, I forget how they do the segments, but we're going to touch on the, 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 I think there's three remaining segments because what they do is they kind of bounce back and forth for most of them. Uh, so after this, uh, we get to, we get insight into mankind. Uh, he follows mankind a lot and gets to talk with him. And one of the things that happens in this is this is the match against the rock. Uh, I think it's the, I quit where he plays. I quit over the speaker. The rock does because Royal rumble, 1999, because he concusses mankind by hitting him in the head 23 times with a chair Mankind's wife and kids are there, and the kids are screaming bloody murder because they're watching their father basically get murdered. Uh, it was horrible it to watch. I mean, his wife, knowing watching this for all those years, you hear how she is screaming. Yep. It was. It, it's fucking hard to it's watch brutal. that, man. It's fucking brutal. Yeah, 100%. Because it's bad enough seeing what we saw as fans, but to see that aspect of it, because that's not a work, man. That's not a work. Nope. So, yeah, that's fucked up. And then he also talks about, you know, oh, this is going to be... Because they show him getting stitched up and everything. And then he talks about after Hell in a Cell... Yeah, they show the deep cut where they're putting yeah. the uh, the needle right mm-hmm. into the cut where they're trying to numb it. Yeah. And I was like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's right. not for me, man. I can't watch that stuff. Yeah, and his kids are right there watching it happen, you know? Oh, uh, and then, they and you know, later they, they, they kind of... Oh, poor Noel. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'll console her when she gets older. <laughs> like now, not that. No, That's, I got you. No, I can that, get you. I know where you're going. Cut that, at. cut that, cut that. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, they, they, he plays a, uh, a voicemail he got from Mankind, and it was after Hell in a Cell with Taker. And he was like in the ED, and he was just mumbling incoherently. So they touch on that. Like, you know, again, the, you know, the, what the, the business does to their bodies. Uh, and then another one. Six was, months after Hell in a Cell mm-hmm. is when he's taking 23 fucking headshots. Right, exactly. Yeah, fucked up. Now, I will say this. There is no way that McMahon was like, let's get him to 23. That would be great. Right. I think at that point, it was they were putting their match together. They were probably working with uh, a producer to each match like they always do. But sure. I, I don't know if... I, sometimes you're in the moment, and I because I think they even touch base. Rocky hits him a couple of extra times more than he was supposed to because mm. Rocky was in the moment and just kept swinging and swinging. There's that part where he hits him like seven times within less than three seconds. Yeah, yeah, it was it was not cool. Rough to watch. Yeah, eh, well, we're gonna get there eventually. So yeah, so another segment that they have is with Jake the Snake and uh, 
all kinds of fucked up there, man. Uh, talking with his estranged Jeez. daughter uh, about them meeting up and her being hesitant. Um, they talk to him right after he had smoked crack. Um, they show him with Grizzly Smith. Uh, just fucking the dark side of the ring. You know? So th- so there was that that they played on. And then, quite possibly, my, one of my favorite parts, New Jack. <laughs> him hang, just hanging out with New Jack. New Jack's got to try out for a TV show. And I loved him. I love these fucking douchebag producers that screen him. Reminds me of a young Denzel. Go fuck yourself, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah, if Denzel spent most of his most of his life in fucking Compton killing people in real life. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Jesus. So and again, um, they bounce he a lot. Also, wait, now you said he's trying out. Is that uh I believe he's trying out for ECW? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, I did not make that clear enough. No, so he is with ECW at this point. Uh, he's already oh, out of Smoky oh. Mountain. No, he goes to Hollywood for an audition. He auditions for a TV show. He actually sits oh God, down and that. he reads the script. You're he right. Reads his okay. lines. And that's where the guy's like, they're, they're blowing smoke because they know they're on camera. He's like, oh, no, he's great. Right. We'll give you a call. And it, while New Jack was there, it reminds me of a young Denzel because he's black. He's black? What else? Uh <laughs> So is Nightwing. So yeah, so I mean basically, you know, and then you do kind of like, like a little bit of a recap uh at the end. Uh the two from the wrestling school never got signed obviously and God knows where they are now. Um but yeah, that's funny because as hard as you look at him, you're like still never seen this guy ever. Ever the one dude kind of almost reminds me of Colin Delaney a little bit. It's funny. He kind of reminded me of Ace Steel when he was younger. Oh, okay. There you go. That works, too. All right. But, yeah. <laughs> my best guy. He is my most prominent guy. He's so good, I let him live rent-free upstairs <laughs> above the fucking ring. <laughs> oh, man. It's a good movie, though, If you if you have not watched it. Um, we're really not doing it justice when we describe some of the scenes, some of the things that you're watching. Overall, I think it was a great documentary. I wish they would do one for nowadays and how wrestling is and how life on the road is and how things have changed because that there is about pill popping, about really putting your body on the line. That is about um, a lot of dark sides of things, but also the indie circuit and how to break into an AEW WWE. I think that would be a great thing. They should do a beyond the mat too. We should make beyond the mat too. Me and you. I'm I have zero. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <good. laughs> You're like, Oh my God, I got another thing on my fucking plate now. God damn it. My wife and you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening to the top of wrestling podcast. We're going to be back next week. Guess what we're talking about? The biggest screw job in Montreal, well, in wrestling and Montreal history. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's the Survivor Series 97. We're going to be talking about that. Next week, we have a top topic as well. We are going to be talking about the saga that is Andy Kaufman and Jerry the King Lawler. No, I'm not talking about reviewing the movie Man on the Moon. I am talking about the actual, well, the whole saga as to what those guys were all about. Go ahead. So... 
as part of that new uh, Tales from the Territory show on Vice, they're also doing shorts mm-hmm. on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen them. I think it's called I Was There. And I saw one. It's Cornette on Kaufman and Lawler. So if you haven't seen that, check it out uh, in preparation for the show. It's really cool to get his perspective, and it just gives like a nice little outline of everything that happened. You're not going to thank anybody for that one? Did you tell me about it? I, I sent that to you. Yeah, man. Just like everything else, I sent you the link I did wait for you to watch earlier today. Come on, man. I'm trying to make you a better you message me, host You message me show. more than Nightwing does. It's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> I mean, hey, Nightwing, we fucking love it. Uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't even hesitate. You're like, oh, bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Are we recording? Oh, shit. Hey, man, thanks for listening to Top of Wrestling. This has been a lot of fun. I'm the professor. I bid you a farewell. He is ODM. He bids you five words. Rent free in the attic. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo. With special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. By the way, today is day one of uh, no drinking. So, all right. I mean, I'll still be funny. I don't know if you'll be as funny to me, but you <laughs> probably know, we'll see not. <laughs> um. Hey, I will say this. Did you end up reading Gwen and Tiger's uh, reason as to why they're Eagles fans? Yes, yes. And here's the thing. I, I, I will say this. I'll preface my statements here by saying that, for the <laughs> most part, being a, a fan of a team of any sport is arbitrary. It's arbitrary. I grew up here. My dad watched them. It's the first game I went to. I thought the logo was cool. It's arbitrary, right? I get it. But you have no idea what it is to the emotional scarring of losing four Super Bowls in a row. You don't know what it's like to be a shit team for decades. You don't know what it's like to be resurrected. Now, let's just throw a bunch of names in a cup and have the bartender pick one. Because we like the logo. Would, actually, a good chunk of it was starting with the logos, I, and then that. I go, I'd respect oh my God. that more. I'd respect that more. The Vikings, they're cosplayers. Okay, That's, the Vikings, that makes sense, right? Tiger. I would have Tiger, that. Tiger. The Bengals. That makes sense. 
the Ravens logo. I like purple, and it's the and it's the badass, it's most badass looking logo or something. Okay, fine. We like Philly. Okay, here's the thing. Or oh, I like dolphins. Yay! Right, exactly. You could have just said, you know what? We love Philly. We've been going there for years, so it made sense. No, it's like, well, that was one of the finalists that we just threw in a cup and picked at random. All right, I guess we're Eagles fans now. Do you do that with a religion too? They didn't even say I saw an eagle once. <laughs> <laughs> do they do that with religion? All right, well, we're going to get married. What faith are we going to do it? I don't know. Throw them in the cup. We'll pick one. 